Republican battle Congressman Matt Gates. Matt Gates was one of the very few members in the entire Congress who bothered to stand up against permanent Washington on behalf of his constituents. Matt Gates right now, he's a problem for the Democratic Party, and he could cause a lot of hiccups in passing of laws. So we're going to keep running those stories to keep hurting him. If you stand for the flag and kneel in prayer, if you want to build America up and not burn her to the ground, then welcome, my fellow patriots. You are in the right place. This is the movement for you. You ever watch this guy on television? It's like a machine. Matt Gates. I'm a canceled man in some corners of the internet. Many days I'm a marked man in Congress, a wanted man by the deep state. They aren't really coming for me. They're coming for you. I'm just in the way. Welcome to Firebrand. We are simulcast streaming live from 1721 of the House Office Building in Longworth in Washington, D.C. Democrats are scurrying now to get an assault weapons ban together for a vote before Congress recesses for the month of August. I'm going to give you the updates on that, the key arguments. But we have a very special guest on Firebrand, Congressman Devin Nunes, uh, former congressman, I should say, now CEO uh, of the Trump Media Group. Devin Nunes won the I don't know if you won or you get awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom during President Trump's tenure. He was chairman of the Intelligence Committee. He's got a lot to say about what the future of the Internet, digital interactions, social interactions will look like, and he is helping to shape that future. Devin, thanks so much for joining us. Matt, it's great to be with you. I think I was on your podcast in the early days when you first started it. Now you're like all professional now, man. you got a chair. you got a professional mic. You've got your, your live streaming it's great. I mean, it's a, you're, you're coming a long ways, man. Well, you understand the importance of breaking through the fake news. And I think it's just terrific that we have these avenues to be able to do it. But you've been a big part of building out that ecosystem. You've taken on as your mission in life. But before we get to truth and big tech and all the work you're doing, you know, you were chairman of the Intelligence Committee at a critical time, and you saw information that you know no one else gets to see, and you were able to make assessments and share viewpoints on things that really informed how Congress viewed challenges that we face here in our country and abroad. And so I wanted to ask you, just with all of that experience, all that work you've done, what do you view as the greatest external threat to the United States? Huh. Well, I think it's actually... The Department of Justice, <laughs> um, and I really and I say that sadly, but it's just become it's impossible not to bring up now, Matt. I mean, I, you know, we had you know through the Russia hoax, dealing with the Department of Justice, dealing with all the intelligence agencies. I think it was, you know, we were just at the tip of the iceberg, and it's just gotten worse and worse and worse about how weaponized the entire Department of Justice has become along and then using the intelligence agencies to destroy the United States of America. And of course, when I say they're, they're weaponized by the left. So, you know, your your colleagues, I guarantee you, are working hand in glove with the Department of Justice, coordinating with the executive branch. And sadly, it's leaked over to the judicial branch of government also, where, you know, almost anything that has to do with a Republican. If it, if it comes to a Democrat-appointed federal judge, almost all the time, it's going to be a very political decision, and the Republicans are going to be treated much differently than the Democrats are being treated. So, look, I'll tell you, you know, China is clearly the external, uh, external threat, but we're rotting from within. And as you know, it's why I 
why I left Congress is because we couldn't even communicate with one another, much less, you know, fight on, you know, kind of the battle for ideas and, and have a fair process in whether it be the legislative branch that you and I, you know, served together in for so many years. So, and, and look, I, you know, I ultimately, I kind of came onto this early because, you know, I was vilified as some, you know, some type of, you know, Russian agent and, you know, nobody in the government stood up, you know, and said that that was BS. Right? It was also fake. And, it, it was fake from the beginning. And you really yeah. were the clarion voice in the wilderness. I remember the days when you first learned that our own government had been weaponized against the Trump campaign. And what establishment Washington wanted you to do, probably what a lot of Republicans wanted you to do, was just sit on that information, allow our political system to be attacked using our own taxpayer dollars and depriving us of our political freedoms of speech and association. And you went and told President Trump that there was this intelligence collection going that, that was targeting his campaign. You know, now that you've had the benefit of hindsight, now that we, 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 the debate is over about the Russia hoax, that was always fake from the beginning. It lacked a predicate to justify the actions that were taken. But as you look back at that moment, when you literally went over to the White House and told President Trump the truth, uh, what was, how, did, how did you go through that decision? What were the factors you weighed, knowing that that would make you a pariah with the media and with a lot of establishment Washington? Well, look, there's a lot of moving parts here. So on one hand, that only had one aspect to do what we were investigating at the time. And, you know, I knew right from the start that the Russia hoax was a hoax because, number one, I was the one who had been sounding the alarm on Russia all through 2014 and 15 and 16. So think about this. In the spring of 16, I go out and say that the, the biggest intelligence failure since 9-11 by our intelligence agencies I'm the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, okay, when this happens. So the biggest you know, failure is our inability to understand Putin's plans and intentions. And to just to take the viewers and listeners back to that time period, this is when Putin was just having his way with Obama and Biden and doing anything he wanted. Remember, green men came down, planes were being shot out of the, out of the sky in Ukraine. Um, they took over Crimea. You had all the situation in Libya and Syria. And finally, I just had enough, and, and it was very unusual for me at that time, because as you know, that used to be that that committee worked quietly. You only heard from us when there was a terrorist attack or something. And I took this unusual step in the spring of 2016 to say, hey guys, we got a problem here. Mm -hmm. And I always say that, thank God that I actually had went on to, out to the media, I had written about it, I had talked about it, I actually had some interviews on, on, on CNN, because think about that timing. That was right when Obama, the DOJ were all cooking up and the Clinton campaign were cooking up the Russia hoax and they were activating all sorts of federal assets and campaign assets all working together to launch an invest a fake and phony investigation. And I think had it not been for me actually saying that at the, that time, not knowing any of the Russia hoax that was going on, you know, it's clear when I when I actually called BS on this, they would have targeted me. But they couldn't because I was, you know, I had too much in writing. I had been too critical of the intelligence agencies. I think they really didn't want to touch it. I think when I say that, I think because I do think there was a time when when even Trump appointed officials were playing games with me during that time. And that was only a small sliver because what happened when I went to the White House, that was really about what we knew was illegal. Mm -hmm. And that was how in the hell did General Flynn's phone calls 
with the Russian ambassador leak out all across Washington, transcripts of that. I mean, that's, you know, to me, that was, a, you know, that was a fire alarm that said, oh my God, we've just had a major leak and I couldn't figure out why isn't the FBI sending out thousands of agents? We just had, and then it wasn't shortly after the Flynn leak, then we had the leak of Pre President Trump talking to the Mexican president, President Trump talking to the Australian ambassador. So that was just one small issue that I was looking at at that time. Um, that, but it's they're that they're was, willing to leak that stuff, Devin, because they actually think that the permanent bureaucratic class, what some people call the deep state, that they ought to run the country and that the people who are elected, they ought to just be actors playing out a script that is designed by them as the central brokers and keepers of power. You mentioned something really important I want to pull the thread on. You talked about the DOJ, the FBI, and the Clinton campaign together cooking up the Russia hoax. Now, I've been very critical of the Durham investigation because Durham seems to cast the FBI and the DOJ as the victim. Oh, no, it was these people like Michael Sussman. It was the Clinton campaign lying to us, and, and we were victimized by those lies. Whereas I seem to think that you, you, you had them acting in concert, playing different roles in the same conspiracy. You had the Clinton campaign working up the political opposition research, the dirt, and then you had the FBI and the DOJ processing that through authorized leaks so that you would get these, these blistering stories in the mainstream media that Trump was a Russian agent, I was Putin's lawyer, you were compromised, all this stuff that was nonsense, but it was, uh, it was part and parcel with an FBI DOJ strategy. Do you think that Durham has been uh, you know, uh, sincere in his prosecution, or is the entire Durham endeavor just something to absolve the FBI and the DOJ uh, of their actions? Well, look, I, I've been very supportive of Durham, and and here's why. I, you know, I'm really just going off of kind of instinct and my experience, you know, dealing with all these characters, and that is that this is the first investigation since since even before I came to Washington, but paying attention to politics, where there hasn't been one leak, and I've always thought that that is very professional, and and if you look at the things that he's brought out and brought to light, he clearly knows what happened. I actually look. We may not know until all the, till till you know the Durham investigation. I mean, we have a trial coming up with Danchenko, the author, or the the guy who's supposedly the Russian agent that supplied uh, do, the dossier information to Christopher Steele, which then, of course, made it to the papers. And the guy was just a, a think tank guy living outside of Washington D.C. Um, I believe that the Sussman. This is just my gut, Matt. I believe that Durham thought that Sussman would cooperate. And, you know, Sussman probably didn't want to end up at the bottom of the Potomac. So he rolled the dice and said, well, I think, you know, we, we're going to go for it. We'll, we'll get a jury that's 95% Trump haters and we'll roll the dice and see if we can get this done. And I'm sure if not, he probably would have been pardoned by Biden, uh, you know, had he been prosecuted. But I think Durham probably went thinking that, okay, Sussman's the guy, he was the gatekeeper, he knows everything that happened here. Um, and if we threaten it, you know, if, if he could possibly go to jail for five years, maybe he will talk. And that's ultimately how you get the bad actors, the dirty cops at the DOJ and the FBI. But that failed. And I think that's a larger problem. You know, we opened up with, you know, with what do I think the biggest problem in the U.S. is? Uh, you asked external, but I really think it's it's really internal. Uh, and that is that it's a sad state of affairs. I guarantee you, had you or I been prosecuted in Washington, D.C., for exactly the same thing, 
Uh, we would the jury would have deliberated Matt for about uh, just long enough to sign whatever documentation they would have. Oh, add listen, sign. if we, we we could be convicted of uh, abducting the Lindbergh baby, we, we could be convicted of killing Jimmy Hoffa inside of uh, Washington D.C. and everybody knows it, and that is part right. of the parlance. That is part of the game that the DOJ plays in order to, to be the enforcement wing of the Democratic Party. Uh, it is likely that Republicans will take control of the Congress following the midterm elections. I believe that Nancy Pelosi will step aside as leader, and I am already watching uh, your former colleague, my current colleague, Adam Schiff, campaign among the Democrats to lead their caucus. He certainly wants to be uh, the lead on the Intelligence Committee if that doesn't work out for him. How would you deal with Adam Schiff, if you were the Republican leader, the Republican speaker, would you allow him to serve on committees? Uh, and how, how much of a threat is Adam Schiff to the country? Well, the thing that I'm thinking of, Matt, right off the top of my head is that how could they possibly elect the, uh, a, a, what I, at least what I know of, a straight white Jewish guy as their leader? <laughs> I mean, have you not been paying it? I mean, I, I, you know, I think part of their doctrine is all the CRT, critical race theory, BLM. Listen, I think that for the I mean, power and the ambition, Adam Schiff might transition. You never know. So he could, you mean he might just become a, a girl and that way he would fit the under, he would fit one of the he'd categories? Be, he'd be one ugly woman. But, but uh, I, uh, I don't know. I, I know he's an ambitious guy. Uh, some have said he shouldn't be allowed to serve on the Intelligence Committee given the damage that he did to that committee uh, in politicizing it and lying in mischaracterizing intelligence. Uh, if yeah. you were the Republican leader, would you allow Adam Schiff on the Intelligence Committee? No, no I would. And I think there's several of those guys that, that don't belong on there. But I think there's a bigger, pro there's a bigger challenge that you guys are going to have. Uh, and that is that I don't know how you guys can conduct, you and I say the Republicans, would be able to conduct the type of investigation that needs to, that has to happen um, under the current kind of confines of how, of, you know, the typical committees, Intelligence Committee, Judiciary Committee. You know, we had enough challenges with that over the years with probably one of the only real successful congressional investigations in, in modern history was the one that, that, that I ran, that you know, that you participated in. Um, I think what ha the, the type of investigating that has to occur here, you have to look at the Congress in the House. Will have to look at all this crap that probably started in 2015, from the Russia hoax to the Ukraine hoax to the Hunter Biden laptop to the coordination with the big tech companies to what happened on January 6, what happened in Michigan. The entire Department of Justice has to be completely turned upside down and looked into. And you guys are going to have to figure out a way on how to conduct that information because look, well, does that, that, does that way mean excluding Democrats from committees? Does that way mean the Republican leader appointing the Democrats to the committees? Like what, what is the, what is the tactical move you suggest so that we're able to endeavor on the important work you've called? I mean, it may, it, it even could, it even could, uh, look, it needs to at a minimum be a special committee. I think, and now that Pelosi has created, um, you know, unprecedented, um, you know, in our 200, nearly 250 year history of, you know, deciding what minority members can and cannot serve on a committee. Um, would you I do that though? Would you, would you run, California. would you run the Democrats playbook back at them? Uh, look, I, I think not only, it's not about the playbook, it's that I, I've dealt with leftists out here. This is not the Democratic Party. These are not 
you know, Southern old Democrats from, you know, the panhandle of Florida or like I used to have here in the San Joaquin Valley. Those people are gone. They've been replaced by Marxists that are very, very dangerous. And I've watched what's happened here in the state of California. And if you don't watch it across the rest of the country, this is going to happen. The only thing that makes these guys move is pain and extreme political pain. Because as you know, with the propaganda machine that they have, they will just turn, Matt. I mean, you know, they can say, I've never seen people so soulless that, I mean, they'll look outside. I don't, I don't know if it's, um, you know, raining or, or, or hot or muggy or what it is in Washington, D.C. right now. But they will look outside the window at high noon and they will say, my God, there's, uh, it's the middle of the night. And then the news media will say, yes, it's definitely the middle of the night. And Matt Gates says, well, no, no, I see the sun out my window. Matt Gates is a this and a that. Let's get Department of Justice to go after him. I mean, that's what a we're midnight with. denier, yeah. a daytime truther. Speaking of so, truth, so I, I think seriously though, you, you guys are going to have to look at some type of special commission of some kind um, that that basically takes what Pelosi did with the corruption side of it, but actually turn it on its head and do a real do real work. Uh, and only allow real people on it. And you have to dissect the DOJ, all the intelligence agencies. Um, you know, you're going to have the problems with you know, Merrick Garland and whoever's running that shop over there. I mean, the fact that none of us like that, that, and I've said this from the beginning with Jan 6, Matt, I want the people who broke the windows to be prosecuted. I want the people that broke into the Senate chamber to be prosecuted. I want the people that planted the pipe bombs to be prosecuted. I still don't know who the hell those people are, other than the Viking dude, you know, that I, you know, that wasn't even a Republican that got in in there that day. But I mean, they are prosecuting people. They're leaving them in jail. They're prosecuting people that weren't even that didn't even enter the Capitol. They're redefining laws, uh, terrorism laws, and other laws. So, so look, this is that we're in the in the middle of a dark chapter of American history that started in 15 and 16 with the Russia hoax, and it's continued all the way. I mean, you know, look, I just I just want to know, you know, now that I'm I'm sitting outside and, and not a member of Congress and, and you as as since I'm part time in Florida now, Matt, you're in my congressional delegation. I, I just want to know who the hell Ray Epps is. Right. Well, just tell me who he is. Well, I think why, that why that, why didn't he get arrested? I mean, this is this is this is madness. The the undeniable headline of this discussion is. Devin Nunes, Presidential Medal of Freedom winner and former intelligence chairman, says the Republicans have to turn DOJ on their head and dissect them when we take power and that we're going to have to use some of the tools that we've seen on display that the Democrats have used. Uh, we have to have that in our toolkit and we have to assemble a way to do it. Now, to get the truth out, you know better than just about anyone in the world the headwinds we face from big government big media and big tech. And so you left Congress to go and endeavor to make the internet a free open place for people to exchange ideas without some woketopian in Silicon Valley shadow banning or muting or uh, just limiting the delivery of data. What is the Devin Nunes vision for the future of the internet and social and digital interactions there? Yeah, so so I left uh, Congress for one reason, one reason only, and I knew a lot about the shadow ban. I was one of the first guys to be shadow banned by these big tech companies. Um, I was the first guy to go to Parler. I was the first guy to go on to Rumble, and 
you know, I watched that and, and kind of what really was the turning point for me was it, it, when in 2020, I saw polls that still showed that over half of America believed that Trump and Republicans had something to do with Russia. And I said, how the hell is that possible? And of course, you know, we saw the Hunter Biden laptop story uh, that was that was completely buried. I mean, so real things happened later. We found out that Mark Zuckerberg put in four hundred and nineteen million dollars, which, by the way, that also needs to be investigated uh, by you guys. It's probably not under the DOJ realm, but it's somewhere else. That's got to be completely uh, pulled apart. I mean, $419 million, I mean, maybe in Washington, D.C. terms, it doesn't sound like a lot of money. But in political terms, it's real money. Um, you know, where we do we do vote harvesting now in California. Remember I told you, like, how Marx, Marxists just completely destroy the, the system? Yep. So we had to do vote harvesting. It's, it's, it's sadly, it's legal in California to do vote harvesting. I don't know, Matt, how you could possibly spend $419 million in those 10 swing states, you know, like like he did. And so th the bottom line is when President Trump called and said, you know, will you come and do this? You know, I had been around the country. I knew these problems. I, I had told people that this was the most important issue at the highest level, which is our our inability to even communicate with one one another. And, you know, you can't it's 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 you know, it's basic it's basic warfare where you're fighting, whether you're fighting a kinetic war or, or a propaganda war like we're in right now. If you can't communicate with one another, you're dead mm. and you and you die. And if if truth wasn't there, I will tell you, you know, think it, the, the world would be a very, very dark place. We have millions of Americans now on the platform. We now just opened up in the UK, uh, you know, and we've only been out. We're not even fully launched yet because we're not even on the Google Play Store yet. So we're in the Apple App Store. You can go to truesocial.com and get an account, even if you have an Android, but- And but. folks can follow you at Devin Nunez on Truth. They can follow me at Rep Matt Gates on Truth. And you know, I've really enjoyed the experience. Uh, a lot of you know folks that I follow, and I want to see what they're reading and talking about and thinking about. And one thing I've really appreciated about Truth is that if you link to external research, your post isn't discriminated against. Like on Twitter, they discriminate against any post that doesn't keep people totally glued and addicted to their platform. And I think truth, you know, is more of a, a of a jumping off point to being able to, you know, look at the clips you want to look at for that day or read the articles you, you want for that day. If someone's not on truth right now, what are they missing, Devin? Look, we're the only place that doesn't censor for political purposes, and we can't be canceled, right? So we're on, we're operating on the Rumble Cloud. Um, you know, look, we want to, we want to. A lot of people compare us to to Twitter, but I, I don't care about Twitter. You know, a lot of we got a lot of those questions. In fact, President Trump and I both said, look, you know, if Elon Musk wants to buy Twitter, go ahead. But you know, normal Americans really aren't on on Twitter. It's basically a glorified. PR wire on the internet for celebrities, Hollywood types, and and you know journalists and and corporations, but they're all and really foreign users. governments. That's that that that, that that's <laughs> the essence governments. of Twitter. Yeah, and foreign governments. Good point. But it's not a place that people go to social network. So Instagram has real users. Facebook declining, but still has real users. TikTok is on the upswing. So what we're trying to do is take the best of all those platforms make it simple to use, very intuitive, 
we only have our we're, you know, we're only at five features of of the ten features that we hope to get built this year. And so when you mention you know the time you know the timeline and and you know we just don't censor. So if Matt, if you put something on right now onto Truth, and I come in and put something on two minutes later, that's going to be the order. You'll see my post and you'll see your post. And, and look, we don't allow illegal activity. We try to keep all the bots off, all the spam off, so you're not going to get what you typically get on the other accounts. And I think at the end of the day, we're like that safe place where you know we're not going to steal your data and sell it. We're not going to shadow ban you. We're not going to kick you off. We're always going to have that timeline that's just going to be a, a, a timeline that you'll be able to go to that's in real time. And then there's other features, like I don't know if, if you've seen the new feature build out that we launched three weeks ago, Matt, but now... We have a scroll at the top where you can actually go in and the, the people that you that you follow and interact with the most, they pop up on there. So it's very easy. We're trying, we've we've accomplished it, keeping it easy to use. Um, and hopefully with the new features we build out, it'll it'll be even better. And, and look, our, our goal has been very simple. Hey, we have a question. We have a question, Devin. Uh, someone's asking about Android and Truth. What's the Android yeah. experience uh, like? <laughs> so we are, so you can, like I said, you can go to truthsocial.com and you can bookmark it and get it on your Android. But what so people it's a, really it's a web about, it's a web system you have to use on Android. That's correct. And so what people want to want to want is they want us to be in the Google Play Store. So, and we are we're waiting on Google to approve it. I mean that's that's where we're at. And you know we we are uncancelable except for two places, uh, and that is Apple App Store. We've got to be there in the Google Play Store. Those and we can't get around that. You know, there's no way for you know we don't have enough money or time in the world to go develop a whole new phone system, operating system, and so those two companies have you know essentially the entire market. Um, so look, the the answer is is you know they could approve us today um, if they wanted to, and so we're we've trying got, to work we've with got them. Our, Hopefully, they will. We've got a lot of our Rumble uh, listeners talking about how much they enjoy Truth. Uh, Truth Social today is busy, busy, frenzy Friday. Uh, says one of our uh, viewers and another suggests that we ban TikTok. You know, you you seem to be a person right at the intersection of intelligence and b big tech. Is TikTok a threat to national security, being that all that data ends up with the Chinese Communist Party? Yeah, I mean, absolutely it is. Um, you know, and I think it's also dangerous as to the outlet in the long run, the types of algorithms that they can put into there that can actually begin to poison our young people. And that's what I'm really worried about. And Matt, you know, I've got I've got three, you know, young daughters. Um, you know, it's a it's a challenge just to keep them off. They have iPads. You know, we try to, you know, at night we try to make them put them away. Uh, right now, they're really not too happy with with us because they got them taken away for the last week. Um, so it's it's a challenge, and you can imagine we don't let them be on TikTok, but you can imagine that what's happening to children and how they're being poisoned. So it's not just the data and the, it's really the data that then you can take AI, build algorithms to then carry messages. I mean, imagine the damage if the Chinese really wanted to, that they could inflict on this country by just inundating our young people. And they probably are already doing it. <laughs> or, and look, and maybe it's just such a sewer pit, it, 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 the Chinese don't have to do anything anyway. But in the long run, it's, it's a real problem. I mean, all of China. Yeah, I, I worry about giving the Chinese Communist Party an intelligence collection vector into every American home, you know, into the life of every American family. And I think right. the American people need to realize what a threat TikTok is. Truth Social is a great alternative, a great way to interact with folks. Congressman Devin Nunes is the CEO 
a Presidential Medal of Freedom winner and uh, the former chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. Devin, thank you so much uh, for joining me here on Firebrand, and we wish you the best of luck in your endeavors. I will, Matt. One more, and one more thing. I don't know if you know this, but just because it fits the work you do, and you sure. should uh, talk, talk about this, but John Rich, country star, music star, a week ago launched, he, he, he doesn't have a record label. Nobody would play his song, Progress. He launched it on True Social and put the video on Rumble. It's now been number one for eight days straight. Nice. So, so to all the Rumble listeners that are listening now, uh, thank you for the support. I think it just goes to show you, even though we're really on our infancy, we really haven't even fully launched, and yet we have carried, we are beating the left at their own game. I mean, John Rich is a talented guy. The song is great. But the fact that that song got got banned and isn't being played by anyone, uh, and, and Matt, I don't know if you've heard the song, but you know, it's not like it's a Joe Biden sucks and Trump is great and Republicans are the best. The song doesn't say that. It's, it's just it's an artistic song about his feelings about the country now. It doesn't even use the word Republican or Democrat. It's it's absolutely madness. That probably makes it more dangerous because it just is talking about common sense stuff. And that's what the left really can't combat. Yeah. Well, but anyway, John Rich, the to, song's progress. We'll encourage everyone to take a listen. Yeah, I just want to make sure I, I, I said that to all the folks on Rumble. Thanks for making that number one. And Matt, thanks for uh, all the work that you did during the Russia dark days of the Russia hoax. You were always there as a, as a fighter, and I'll always appreciate it. And good good luck, man. Uh, good luck with the deep state there. Let me thanks. know if I can help. All right, you always can. Devin Nunes, thanks for joining us on Firebrand. Thanks, Matt. We are here live in the Longworth office building. And right now I want to give everyone uh, a key update regarding what's happening on the House floor. We've got H.R. 1808, the assault weapons ban of 2022. Now this is legislation that was up in the House Judiciary Committee. And one of the things I found most offensive about this assault weapons ban, other than the abject attack on our Constitution that it clearly is, they exempt government federal bureaucrats. Now, I guess you could understand the FBI or entities that have real law enforcement needs and capabilities. But this bill preserves assault weapons, weapons of war, as the Democrats call them, for the Department of Education, for the IRS, for the Department of Agriculture. And it shows that they're actually not really against firearms. They're against you having them. And a lot of Democrats don't understand the principal value of the Second Amendment to curate a balance between the government and free people that nurtures liberty and that does not allow tyranny. And so before the August recess, they're trying to get this bill to the floor. They're rushing it through. We've got folks battling it out to try to get at least some amendments uh, into the debate and discussion so that we can show the American people that this version of the Democratic Party is a gun-grabbing party, a freedom-squelching party. Uh, I had a debate on this subject in the House Judiciary Committee recently. Take a listen. We warned the country. We said, look, they're coming for your guns with these active shooter alert bills and red flag bills. And they said, no, 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 we're not coming for your guns. We just want reasonable regulations. And now we get proven right. They are coming for your guns. They're listing them out in this extensive legislation to try to show people precisely what they ought to be afraid of. And there's nothing to fear from Americans who are, who are lawfully and responsibly using firearms. 
punishing law-abiding gun owners. That is the Democrat agenda today, and we are fighting against it in committee, on the floor, certainly with the vote that we can cast on behalf of the great people of Florida's 1st Congressional District. Now, you heard Devin Nunes recently talk about the need to really dissect the corruption that we see in the deep state. And he would know, as the former chairman of the Intelligence Committee, just yesterday, we had the head of the National Security Division of the Department of Justice before the Judiciary Committee. I had a series of very thorough questions. I didn't get a whole lot of answers. Take a listen. You won't tell me whether or not our own government was out there trying to operate through a cutout to buy software that spies on Americans illegally and improperly. You won't tell me whether or not the legal wing of the Democratic Party was passing you information that was actually opposition research then to be recategorized and repackaged as national security information. And you won't tell me whether the president of the United States is compromised when, when we know he's lying. I mean, like, like Joe Biden came out and said repeatedly that he never talked to Hunter Biden about business. And here you have 14 documented meetings. It's like, are you guys ever going to investigate this? Or is it just going to be, is it just going to be what Mr. Tebalt uh, said, what Mr. Grassley said? And that is that you guys are basically political shills. I mean, look, the, this is what Mr. Grassley said. If these allegations are true and accurate, the Justice Department and FBI are and have been institutionally corrupted to their very core to the point at which the United States Congress and the American people will have no confidence in the equal application of the law. Can't you see that's, that, that's what your behavior is continuing to, to just metastasize? So we don't conduct our investigations in public. And yeah, we, you leak and, them. That's what you me, do. And we take, you leak has, them to try to smear people. The gentleman's time has expired. You may answer the question. We take care that the assertions we make about facts are based on facts and evidence and are not reckless and false. Well, go, and that go, is the way. This isn't false. Time this has isn't expired. reckless. And you're just choosing not to investigate it because it's the Biden. We are going to have a lot more information on the podcast in the coming weeks regarding the oversight work that has to happen from the United States Congress and the information we've already pieced together regarding the Biden trips. Joe Biden taking Hunter to China. And then lo and behold, one of Hunter's companies gets a Chinese license that had been toiling to get and had been unsuccessful for quite some time. Boom, he shows up on Air Force Two, gets a deal. When Hunter Biden wanted to have his annual dinner for his fund to raise money, guess where he did it? The Chinese embassy in Washington, D.C. But he couldn't do that for free. He had to come half an hour early for a little one-on-one -on -one with the ambassador. And now what do we see? The Biden administration has dismantled Trump's China initiative to focus prosecutorial efforts against Chinese influence peddling, against Chinese espionage in the United States of America. President Trump knew that we had to have very, very tough policies to stop the Chinese from compromising our politicians and hollowing out our country for their benefit. And the Bidens stopped it. And I think... They got paid a whole heck of a lot of money to do so. So don't just think about Hunter Biden as some wayward son out doing his own thing. No, 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 no. You've got Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, Joe Biden's brother, all playing very distinct roles in the Biden crime family. And we are going to have a lot of updates and a lot of documentation and evidence on that coming in weeks ahead. Thanks so much for joining us on Firebrand Live here from the Capitol. It's a busy day on Capitol Hill. I want to keep everyone informed, engaged, active. 
Action, action, action. That's what we got to do, right? Let's roll the credits.